Welcome to PantherCast, the official podcast of TMI Episcopal, where we share stories from our alumni, updates about the school, and help you reconnect and discover what the TMI community is all about. Hi, everyone. Thank you for joining us for another PadreCast episode. I'm your host, Stephanie Gish, Director of Community Relations, and I'm here today with your headmaster, Father Scott Brown, who's back for PadreCast number three. Welcome, Father Scott. It's great to have you back for another episode. Great to be back and honored to participate in this. Love listening to all the podcasts that have gone on over the last couple of weeks. Um, really thrilled with this uh, podcast and honored to be a part of it. I am too. It's been a lot of fun. So it's the middle of September and time is flying by. Now, I'm pretty sure I'm not the only one who feels this, but doesn't it seem like there's a buzz of excitement in the air this year? There sure does. I was just telling the students yesterday that um, the start of school feels like it was months ago, uh, but in a good way. I mean, it feels like we've been doing this for a while and we're getting into a good rhythm and the buzz is still strong. And um, the reason I say it feels like we've been doing this a while is that um, it still feels like the first day of school in the excitement and the buzz and the enthusiasm, and yet we're already well into the routine. So a great start to the year for sure. It really is. So one of the things I've been wondering is, how many coffees did you buy after our last Padre cast? So I think people felt sorry for me because I had a lot of people <laughs> stop me and say, hey, how about that coffee? And then when I offered to buy them one, they did not take me up on it. So they were very kind to <laughs> watch my wallet and to take care of me. But most of the time I saw people was out and about at the football game or off campus. I had people stop me. Um, all over town and say, hey, how about that free cup of coffee? And so <laughs> for those of you who um, said that to me off campus, you got to come to the cafe so I can buy you the coffee. But, uh, but for mm -hmm. sure, we had a, a more people ask me for coffee than I expected, which just really speaks to how many folks are listening to these podcasts. And it's really exciting. That's fun. Hopefully they'll take you up on that coffee eventually. <laughs> so this past weekend, we had one of our biggest alumni events of the school year. It was the 18th annual Alumni Modified Sporting Clay Shoot. So both you and your son came out and did a little bit of shooting. Tell me how that event went. Well, from a parent perspective, it didn't go very well because my son outshot me. We had a little side <laughs> bet, and um, he's a much better shot than I am. It's a great event. Really, Ernest Brown, class of 1980, it's, he, he's the heart and soul of this event. He keeps it going year in and year out. It's a wonderful way to get all of our alumni back. One of the coolest things, Stephanie, about... Mm -hmm. This event is the San Antonio Gun Club overlooks the old campus of TMI. And so from the vantage point of the shooter, you can see the water tower from Old Main. And our alumni who come back, most of them went to school on that campus. And so they really get to talking about stories from their time at TMI and just reminiscing about all of the great memories that made them who they are today. And overseeing the old campus, why they share those stories, was a great, great day. It's as close as we can get to a clay shoot on campus as we could possibly get. That's correct. <laughs> That's exactly right. So we had quite a few sponsors that helped to support this and raise some money for the alumni scholarship. Is that correct? That's correct. I really need to thank a few people who made it possible. The Brionis Engineering Group and Don Elliott, uh, Wild Canales, class of 1991, did all of the food. Susanna Madrigal, uh, Ruben Calderon, the Dorado Development, Drash Contracting, and of course, of course, Ernest Brown. Without them and their sponsorship, we couldn't have the event, and they are uh, very generous to, to make it happen, and we're grateful for their support. And how much did we raise? 
That's really exciting. We raised over $8,000 in a couple hours on a Friday afternoon doing something that was really fun. And all of those funds will go to the Alumni Scholarship Fund to make sure that what we've been doing at TMI for 125 years continues um, for folks who might not be able to, to experience the TMI uh, way without the scholarship fund. And so the Alumni Scholarship Fund has um, over $8,000 more in it than it had last week thanks to this event. That is great. And next year, I'm determined to get out there and shoot clays, not just shoot pictures. So I'm putting it on my calendar already. Well, I can, you can uh, come to the side bet with me and my son, but um, I'm, I'm really not that great. And so it's <laughs> not, you should set your aims higher. I do, we did <laughs> have some winners, first. though. Can I, can I tell you who won? Yeah, let's find out who won. Yeah, so Charlie Lemons, Avery Kibbe, and Walter Kibbe were our top three shooters. And then the best team was the class of 1988. And so congratulations to all, of our, um, to all of our winners. Best lady shot was Bettina Mathis. And then we had a hot uh, sauce contest, several hot sauces out there. And Jorge Rodriguez uh, won the hot sauce contest. And we're going to try to get him to sell his hot sauce in the mm -hmm. cafe. Oh, how that, fun. That would be really fun. That would be great. So Friday we had a really big day because after the clay shoot, we also had our very first home football game. And I think they went into the into that game. Their record was one to zero. So tell me, did you go out to the game? How was that? I did. So we had a, um, a great turnout, excitement. We had a pep rally here at school on Friday. A lot of people here for our first home football game. Uh, we received the opening kickoff, drove it right down the field and scored, stopped them and got the ball back. And then the skies opened up and it poured down rain. And so with about eight minutes to go in the second quarter, lightning began to strike and we had to go inside. We waited till almost 10 o'clock at night to see if the lightning was gonna ever stop and it just wouldn't stop. And so unfortunately about 10 o'clock we had to call the game due to lightning. We were up seven to zero at that point, really looked like we were gonna um, be very successful in that game. If you ask our boys, they would say we won that game. Mm -hmm. Officially it didn't make it to halftime, so officially it doesn't count as a game. And so depending on if you ask um, the official books or our student athletes, our student athletes will tell you that we are 2-0 and uh, and I'll go along with them because I'm pretty competitive. <laughs> and so uh, a great show up for our boys. They did a great job, uh, played through the adversity of the rain, but the lightning at the end of the day just took us off the field. It's too bad that it had to end like that. So the rain has been giving us trouble all week long here, and they're supposed to have their second. We only have a few home games this year, so we've got three more home games remaining, and this next home game actually got moved. Is that correct? That's correct. So it's actually Thursday night, uh, and I believe this air, this broadcast airs on Thursday. It does. So it's tonight. It's 7 p.m. on Thursday night against Centerpoint here. You'll probably be seeing all over town that most of the public schools and private schools in town are moving their football games to Thursday because the weather forecast is rain all week, but it's really worse on Friday. So our football game, like most other people in town, has been moved. Varsity boys to Thursday night here at TMI at 7 p.m. against Centerpoint. Love to have you come out and support our boys who've been working really hard and are hope hoping to go 3-0 and mm -hmm. um, on the season. Well, as much as we love the rain, it's definitely giving us trouble. That's so right. So we'll, we'll see what happens for the rest of this week. That's right. So still this past weekend, we had one other big event on campus. I'm not sure if you could actually smell the aroma of chocolate chip cookies wafting from the refectory over to your house, but Miss Sherry Lim, our science teacher and baking club sponsor and the outdoor education coordinator, she had 
Over 32 student volunteers and parents joined her and the Baking Club on campus this past Saturday to bake cookies for the Kairos Prison Ministry. Tell me about what this cookie baking event was. Sure, let me start by telling you how awesome Sherry Lim is. She's Wonder Woman on this campus. She does it all. She's um, one of the favorite teachers in the middle school in the science department. She runs the out outdoor classroom and keeps the chickens and um, all of the outdoor ed classroom space going strong. And she chairs the, book, the baking club for middle school and all with a smile on her face. So we're really grateful to Sherry. Um, so Drew Cawthorn, who's a former board member and Episcopalian in the diocese, contacted me, um, I don't know, maybe a few months ago, and asked me if TMI wanted to get involved in Kairos ministry. So Kairos is a prison ministry. It's an international ministry, a faith-based ministry that addresses the spiritual needs of those who are incarcerated, men, women, youth, and their families. And the Kairos ministry is a redemptive program. Um, it incorporates a curriculum designed really to build and encourage uh, a really pro-social character and behavior, and there's no cost um, to those who are participating in the Kairos program. And so uh, Drew Cawthorn is a major uh, role, plays a major role in the Kairos ministry in this area and is passionate about it. And asked me if TMI wanted to get involved by baking some cookies for um, those who are incarcerated and in the Kairos program. Why do they do cookies? The cookies are, for a couple of reasons, they're delicious. That's the mm -hmm. first reason. But cookies are really a tangible expression of Christian love. Um, so you think about easy ways to let light shine. And um, as we break bread together in the fellowship of, of, of Christ and, and, and our main Eucharistic feast, um, breaking bread in the form of cookies is a nice way to, to just bring a little light into somebody's day and remind them that they're, um, that they're loved and, and, and cherished by the God that created them. I was talking with Sherry Lim after the event, and she said that one of the wives of someone who's going through the Kairos program was there with them during the cookie bake. So she supervised, but she also was able to talk with the students and really give them a good idea and understanding of what the program was. And she also told us that this was the best cookie bake that they have had in five years. So, Father Scott, tell me, how many were they supposed to bake, and how many did they actually bake? So given our commercial kitchen, Drew Cawthorn and his team really hoped for us to bake about 1,200 cookies, 1,200 cookies, and we exceeded that by just a hair. <laughs> we actually added a zero to that. We baked 12,000 cookies in TMI's kitchen. That's one, two, comma, zero, 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 12,000 cookies, um, all calorie-free because uh -huh. they're made in a, um, in a loving environment, but 12,000 cookies for Kairos. That's pretty exciting. I'm pretty sure they're going to ask us to come back because it was such a success. So we'll be looking forward to that. And if you didn't know, Kairos actually operates a state chapter and serves in prisons and jails through a contractual agreement with the warden and chaplain of each unit. So right now they're actually in 47 different prisons and jails across the state of Texas. It, and I, one of the things I love about it, Stephanie, is any way that TMI Episcopal can connect with missions and ministries of the Episcopal Diocese of West Texas is to me an absolute home run. We are in the business of raising servant leaders and when we find ministries that our churches and other schools in our diocese are participating in, partnering with them and supporting them in those ministries is exactly what TMI Episcopal should be doing. What a great outreach project this was. So thank you for bringing it of to course. us and a big thank you to Sherry for coordinating all of it and of really course. just knocking it out of the park. So let's talk about some exciting stuff happening in the classrooms this year. 
Some of our families may have seen on Facebook a post with English teacher Lucy Adams and her middle school class. So this year, Jill Cross, our Dean of Curriculum and Instruction, was able to help the middle school take on a whole new writing curriculum, which is the Lucy Calkins Units of Study. So tell me a little bit about what that is. Sure, it's really great to have Jill Cross and her leadership um, in curriculum and instruction partnering with our middle school head, Victoria Banks, and our upper school head, Matt Blake. On, uh, for the Lucy Calkins um, units of study, it's really exciting. It's a workshop curriculum for middle school grades. And um, you think about the way teaching is today versus the way it was a few years ago. Even when I was in school, um, just to 25, 30, I won't tell you how many years ago, uh, the instruction method was teacher lectured, student took notes, student regurgitated those notes back in the form of a test. But we're learn we've learned so much more about instruction and the way students learn today and really about preparing them for life um, and the jobs that they will encounter when they get out of school. And so as you think about the way we instruct, one of the things that the Lucy Calkins, the units of study really introduces is new ways of learning. So the units of study for students are in argument and information and in narrative writing. And this program has been the leading writing curriculum for the last 30 years and has constantly been updated and changed to reflect the latest research of how students learn. And so one of the things we wanna do as an administration and as instructors is model lifelong learning. So we, we need to be learning best practices so that we can then help our students be prepared for, uh, for an ever-changing world. And that's one of the things that this um, new curriculum for the middle school is helping us do. Well, one of the things that I think is great about this program is you can see, we mentioned it on the Facebook post we did, but it really shows um, the Facebook picture with Lucy in her class had students learning about the revision process in their first unit of study, which was a personal narrative, which you mentioned the narrative writing was one of the units. And so if students, the idea is that if students are able to write well about their own lives, it leads to better writing and informational and argumentative writing, which in turn just makes all of their writing so much better overall. Right. If the, if the object is to help their writing, then it doesn't really matter what they write about. So let's give them something to write about that they're passionate about. So if they can choose their own topic as they write, um, that's going to really help them um, articulate a point. And then, of course, for this, the, the, the point is to develop better writing skills. And what a great curriculum to do that. Well, also in the middle school curriculum, we have an exciting guest who's coming out in two weeks. Her name is Darcy Tucker. Tell me what she's going to be doing here. All right, so Darcy's coming on September 28th for two programs for both the 7th and the 8th grade. And parents are invited to attend, too. We'll give you some more information on that. Um, she's going to be presenting her original one-woman play, A Revolutionary Woman. It's about the Revolutionary War. It's for all the 8th grade students. And this will be followed by a meet-the-author time when students can come and ask her about the process of developing a historical character. And so she's going to tell how she wrote and developed her um, story and really, again, helping our students understand how to, how to write and articulate their story. And then after lunch, Darcy will present Jane Long, mother of Texas, for the seventh grade students. And both presentations will be in the chapel and give our students another chance to see someone and talk to someone who is, um, who is doing things that we want them to do. We, we talked today in chapel about, um, about following the example of those um, as a great way of learning. And so having somebody like Darcy Tucker on campus to then our students to model their behavior after is a great way for our students to learn. 
And we'll have the times of which our parents can come out to watch those in news and notes. So be sure to read your email and look for that because we do want our seventh and eighth grade parents to join their students and be a part of that program. Darcy is a storyteller who is actually nationally known for her portrayals of women from American history, including the Tejas characters Jane Long, who you just mentioned, and Alice Grierson. She also offers workshops and how to portray historical figures, and she performs in schools and festivals all around the nation. So we are very lucky to have her put us on her schedule and be joining us here in a couple of weeks. So let's go ahead and talk about a couple of other big events that are coming up. I think this is actually really exciting to me. So next week on Tuesday, September 18th, is the first general meeting of the TMI Family Association. The thing that I think makes this so exciting is it's going to be a little different than it has been in years past. This is actually going to be at your house on campus. So tell me about this event. Right. The Family Association has always been very active and instrumental in our community. Uh, behind the scenes and um, in front, getting um, things done that make us just a great community. This year, the Family Association is kicking off with this meeting at the Prior House. The, Kimberly and I are honored to welcome you to our home. It starts with the little light breakfast about 8.30 and then the 9 o'clock meeting. So that's a, a Tuesday, which means school starts at 9 o'clock that day. So drop your students off and then swing by the Prior House so you can um, learn more about the Parents Association and a chance to meet other families, hear some about the projects we'll be working on this year. Um, both social, um, both the time for social um, interaction and fellowship and to learn more about ways to get involved in the life of TMI. They also have a little incentive they're giving away to try and get families to come. So they're, I believe they're going to be giving away the TMI car decals. Now, it's not the parking one, and so it's the real cool, the silver ones that you've seen on vehicles around campus that have the shield and our TMI cool little silver decal. So make sure you come and get your, get your gift. Yep. So finally, um, in just under two weeks, the Advancement Office is going to be hosting our second annual Headmaster Social. Last year it was a great event, really well attended. So tell me what's in store this year. So it'll be at the Dominion Country Club once again. Um, the fun part of this for me is I'm a, I'm a huge fan of transparency and honesty and I think that so often in our community um, TMI functions uh, in ways that our students, uh, I mean our parents and families don't always see behind the curtain. And so the Headmaster Social, which is really a state of the school address, is an opportunity for families, parents, to hear what is going on, to a true state of our school. So some of it will be programmatically and introducing new initiatives, talking about our year of respect. But there will also be some really important information around the finances. What, what does our budget look like at TMI? What does tuition cover and what does advancement office cover. Um, fa families are surprised sometimes to hear that our tuition doesn't actually cover the cost of all of our expenses. And so what does that look like? So let's pull the curtain back. Let's be transparent. Let's show you who we are as a TMI community and where we're headed. And um, this state of the school is a great way to, to keep our families informed because there's no secrets at TMI. We're a non-for-profit that exists for the purpose of raising servant leaders. But we want to show you how we do that and the behind the scenes um, workings of our school, both from that perspective and to share a little bit about what's coming in the future. And so just a, a, a great opportunity to meet new families, hear the state of the school, and learn more about the um, behind the curtain of TMI. 
and everyone should have already received an email invitation for that. So if you haven't, uh, you can go ahead and RSVP for the event. Just go to www.tmi-sa.org slash social and RSVP because you don't want to miss the event. Yeah, it's Wednesday, September 26, 6 to 8 p.m. at the Dominion Country Club, and all parents are welcome to attend. Look forward to seeing a big crowd out there on Wednesday night. Before we wrap up, I don't think I can do a Padre cast without talking about sports. So let's go ahead, and we mentioned football earlier, but tell me, Father Scott, about some of our other TMI sports. Right, varsity volleyball had a great uh, week last week. They beat Heritage School of Fredericksburg um, three to one. Um, at the start of the month, our varsity cross country team participated in the New Braunfels Unicorn Invitational. A tough competition, but almost every TMI athlete had uh, two mile season bests in, in their races. So both our volleyball team and our cross country teams are working hard. Um, I see them up here very early in the morning practicing cross country and then volleyball after school as well. And so all of our student athletes are working so hard in the midst of a very busy schedule to um, develop their full potential by living into the lessons that are learned in athletics as well. And really proud of our student athletes. Indeed, and our middle school, they actually just, the six man football just started their season this week and they won their first game Tuesday night was 46 to 20 against Concordia so that was really exciting it was our inaugural middle school six-man football team under the leadership of coach Ken Bowen um, it was really fun to watch a new era for middle school football at six-man really uh, I'm proud of our kids who most of those boys had not played football ever before and so to see them out there competing sixth seventh and eighth graders and then to pull off the victory under coach Bowen's leadership was a fun fun night great job to all our student athletes so this weekend we have a really full athletic schedule assuming the rain can stay away but tell me what do we have in store middle school soccer is about to crank up their season i know middle school volleyball is about to crank up as well we have uh, varsity and jv volleyball games at home we got the football game on thursday night cross country all of our um, student athletes are working hard middle school and high school and stephanie i just want to remind our families that the annual panther pride community fee allows all tmi families to attend any home athletic game for free so no uh, no charge to enter any of our athletic competition um, so come out and cheer on your Panthers. Our student athletes really appreciate the big crowds and uh, really shows them that we're behind what they do and are thankful for their dedication to, um, to the athletic pillar of our school. Yes. And just be sure to check the calendar this week with all the rain. Uh, student athletes, check with your coaches. Just make sure you're staying in communication if there are any other changes. So check the calendar. We'll post those on campus calendar in there and then the coaches will have all the latest information so as we end another Padre cast tell me what was the highlight of the last couple of weeks for you Father Scott well I just I love walking around campus and seeing our students smile see them um, in community visiting with one another uh, flex time is one of my favorite times on campus because I see small groups of students some of them studying some of them laughing some of them throwing a football some of them meeting with the teacher just to see our community exist as a community, um, in community together, supporting one another. Um, I, I absolutely love it. Being on, on campus and seeing our students and, and faculty in relationship with one another is what I love to see every day. 
students and faculty are really amazing here. And even though I'm not asking myself the questions here, I am going to jump in and I'll share with you one of my favorite highlights uh, that happened just this week. But Tuesday, September 11th, our major Joe Claiborne actually gave a talk in chapel. And I thought it was really inspiring. He had just a message of perseverance and viewing challenges as being merely obstacles that stand in the way of true accomplishment. So he had an inspiring message to not let society dictate who you are or who you will become. And it was just neat and inspiring, and, and that was something that had touched me. You know, I can tell you from personal experience that my, my son, my youngest son came home last night and was telling my wife how much he enjoyed it too. And so I know that Major Claiborne's talk had a big impact on our students, so much that he made my wife watch it on uh, social media. And so I believe it's available for our families to see. And I know um, that uh, we're so blessed to have Major Claiborne and all of our cadre um, with us and inspiring our students every day. Yes, so if anyone does want to go back and watch that, we have that on our TMI YouTube channel, and we've made a short link, so you can just go to www.tmi-sa.org slash YouTube. You can watch his talk, and you can actually watch all of the, the chapel talks and the chapel programs that we do. You can also go to that same page and watch our live stream. So just check our calendar, find out what time chapel is, log on to YouTube, and you can watch chapel live and be a part of that time and space with us as we go through it. So finally, I have something new to introduce for our listeners. Actually, I'm going to back up here because I missed a question. <laughs> I can't get out of here without asking you, what are the words of wisdom that you have for us this week? Reflecting on this week in chapel and having just uh, completed our first Eucharist this morning, we've been talking a lot this week about thin spaces. In the Celtic tradition, the thin spaces are those places where it's really difficult to tell heaven from earth, body from soul, spiritual from physical, and those places that are really thin where you just don't, uh, almost can't tell the difference between the two. And I've asked our community to consider what role do you play in making spaces, thin spaces for others? We contrasted that with this idea of a, of a thick space. So when I'm, when I'm rude, when I'm crude, when I am self-centered, when I'm only looking out for myself, I tend to make the world around me a pretty thick space, making it hard for others to see um, the good in the midst of the bad. So what role am I playing? Here's my question for all of us this day. What role do you play and making the world around you a thin space. Every time we respect the dignity of every human being, every time we put others before self, every time we choose love, um, every time we model the behavior that Jesus modeled, we make the world around us a thin space. And it's not someone else's responsibility to make my world thin. It's my responsibility to make the world thin for others. And then in doing so, um, it really becomes difficult to see the distinction between heaven and, and earth. And, and so that's my challenge for us, is, and my question for you is, what can you do this day to make the world around you a thin space? I like that. That's a good challenge. So now I have something to introduce for our listeners. This is new. I'm going to be adding another question to close out our PadreCast episodes with, and it's meant to give our listeners a chance to get to know you even better. So let's start with something basic, since we're calling this Padre Cast, what was the moment, Father Scott, that you knew you were called to ministry? I like to say that I, I'm, I still fight that calling. Mm -hmm. um, the, the reason I say that is because for me, um, 
I didn't grow up wanting to be an Episcopal priest or wanting to be in ministry. Um, for me, uh, it was really the, the world around me calling me into that long before I surrendered to it myself. I believe that um, in life there are uh, two things that happen simultaneously when one is called into ministry. Not just ordained ministry, but even, um, even take the ministry of Kairos ministry or a, a ministry that you may be involved in in your church or in your community. There's two things that go on. There's the internal call or or stirring of the spirit that says, man, I think I'd really like to do this. And there's the external call where those around you are saying, hey, you should really do this. And both of those things are important and both of those things work together. The internal and the external work together to create moments of beautiful ministry. But sometimes the internal comes first and sometimes the external comes first. So for me in my personal life, those around me about the age of 21, 22, 23 started to say to me, you know, have you ever thought about ordained ministry in the Episcopal Church? You would be a good priest. Have you ever thought about that? And so I denied that for a long time, even though for me the external call came first. And then after years of trying to um, avoid that, I, I like to say I, I surrendered to it, opened myself up to it. And so for those of you who are listening, you may be stirring, something may be stirring in you. Man, I'd really like to get involved in this ministry, or I'd really like to step out into this community organization. It doesn't have to be an ordained ministry of the church, just something that may be stirring in you to act. One of the ways to kind of check in with that is to ask those around you, hey, I'm thinking about doing this in my community, in my organization, in my office, in my home, in my church. What do you think about that? And when others say, oh my gosh, I'd be perfect for you, when the internal and external come together, that really makes for some beautiful moments of ministry and true calling, as we like to say. And so for me, I, I, I was called into ministry first by the community around me, and then my own internal struggling to uh, surrendering to that um, led to where I am today. We are lucky you got that call, and even luckier that you have become part of the TMI community. So thank you for sharing that story. You're welcome. Honored to share it. And if our listeners would like to submit a fun get-to-know-you question for Father Scott, send those questions to padrecast at tmi-sa.org. Well, Father Scott, thank you so much for joining me. It's been a fun Padrecast. I enjoy it. I look forward to the next one, and um, I hope the questions that come in are, are easy ones. <laughs> Well, be sure to listen this Sunday as we bring you another Senior Chapel Talk episode, this time with the audio from Brandon Rubseman. And join me again next Thursday for a faculty interview with Sherry Lim. You heard a little bit about her earlier, but she's TMI's Outdoor Education Program Coordinator, Science Teacher, and Baking Club Sponsor. She'll be sharing some fun stories about our TMI animals, her passion for baking, and what's been happening in the school garden. Thank you for listening to TMI's PantherCast. We hope you enjoyed this episode. If you did, please leave us a review on iTunes or anywhere that you listen to podcasts. We'd love to hear your feedback and show ideas, so leave us a comment, email, or connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter using at TMI Episcopal. For more news, ways to connect, and to learn about upcoming events on campus, visit our website at www.tmi-sa.org.